say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to Screen Heroes. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Screen Heroes podcast. I am Derek, your regular host, and I have with me my two longtime weekly co-hosts, Ryan. Hello. And Ray. Hey. Hey, hey. This week, we end our journey through the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. All six episodes have come to this. We're discussing the finale, and I'm sure lots of other things that came up during the season. And before we dive into that, I'm just going to plug that next week is our 250th episode. Can you guys believe it? Hold for applause. So long, guys. So long. (laughs) Yeah, this thing should have been taken out to pasture years ago, but, you know, we keep plugging along. Someone's got to make me stop. That's really what it comes down to, you know, and no one has. They just keep letting us do this week in and week out. So next week. We are starting a new monthly segment called MCU Revisited, where we will be going all the way back, starting with Iron Man and going through the first two phases of the Infinity Saga, because when we started the show, we were already deep into the MCU. The first MCU film that we were able to review as it was released was Captain America Civil War. Yeah. So we're going back. We're going back. And thank you, Daryl and chat. Thank you for uh, for the congratulations. I appreciate that very much. But we're going to be doing that. So we're also thinking about doing some similar things with DC properties. But obviously, they're a little more complicated because they've got like three different movie universes. So we have to kind of think about how we're going to do that. But MCU Revisited is starting next week and will be monthly recurring in order of the Infinity Saga. So there you have it. All right. Let's do this. This is your spoiler warning for the finale of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Spoiler warning for anything really MCU related that could be somewhat related or tangential to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, as well as us probably um, making some guesses, some speculation about what's to come. All righty. So big episode. A lot of stuff in this one, a lot of stuff to cover uh let's just let's just start with like something really big and kind of just get it out of the way what'd you think of the new captain america suit it was nice like it's almost exactly right out of the comic yeah i mean it looks great on screen um i'm a little concerned because he doesn't wear a helmet like the other caps did so literally the only part of him that's exposed is his brain part um (laughs) 
you know, at least Wally West, when he has a similar kind of cowl, he uh, can run faster than a bullet. So that works. But um, I know that they went that way because it's the way it looks in the comic books. But like the tactical, like more uh, interested in functional suit part of me is like, uh, okay, come on. That's fair. The only thing he does have, he does have the wings right which can protect him which that bridge scene where he swoops down and like the wings like go around him and and the the pilot that was a pretty awesome shot uh i i i just really like that so i guess he has that he can always throw the wings over his head to protect himself a bit sure um one piece of detail that never occurred to me that i thought was super cool so straw hat goofy he's on uh, TikTok, and he does he does some good analyses and he pointed out that sam's suit has two stripes on the chest, whereas Steve's had three. And this might be a, a reference to um, to the missing man formation in the military and that, you know, Steve's gone. And so that he's that third stripe that is missing. And if you're not familiar with that, you can look up what the missing man formation is. But I thought that was a really cool concept. And I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I really like the idea. So until I'm told otherwise, that's that's my headcanon for why he has two stripes. So there you cool. go. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I loved it. I thought it was really cool. Very vibrant and bright, which which was you know, a nice contrast, of course, to uh, to Walker's cap suit or fake cap, whatever you want to call him. Um, and even more so later in the episode. But yeah, I thought I thought it looked good. I, I'm glad he has the uh, the visors, not the visors, the goggles, you know, since he's flying all the time. I thought that made a lot of sense, but they they looked good yeah yeah and the fact that they're functional i was worried that they weren't going to be and like when they were in the tunnels and they couldn't they were chasing the carly and the other people and i was like why does it I mean, just turn on the infrared and then like two <laughs> seconds later it's like infrared oh, thank god got, <laughs> if he's got goggles and they're not functional you know even even night owls were functional like mm-hmm. this is wakandan tech come on they can do that so and they did yeah well i mean like, remember like you know uh peter's glasses that tony gives them and yeah, I can home, do so right? much stuff. So, yeah, I've, I've, I'm glad that I ha- they had that too. And it's, it's a good piece. Like the whole suit is a massive upgrade to Steve's, right? Like Steve's obviously looked a little bit more uh, sophisticated than the one he had in World War II. But, you know, between the wings and the infrared goggles, like it's just a very, very cool suit. Uh, and, and, you know, the jetpack too, of course. Like it's pretty awesome. Uh, what do you think, Rachel? Oh, I, I said I already liked it. I I think it looks really great. I didn't know if you had any thoughts beyond that. Nope. Okay. So yeah, I just wanted to get that out of the way because it's just I thought it was really cool and I wanted to talk about it. I love the way that they used it. We talked a little bit about this last week, but just the choreography with him having the wings is a unique way of showing fight scenes that they don't really have the opportunity to do with any other characters. And it, it's good. It, it looked really good. There was really only one shot where the wings looked kind of funky CGI wise. And that was when he was bringing Kelly back and he was doing like the soft Carly. land on the, sorry, Carly. Yeah. Her, her real name's Kelly. Um, when he did the soft land on the road and the wings had to fold back in, it looked a little off, but other than that, I thought it just looked fantastic. Also the wings looked way bigger than I, I, I mean, maybe my proportions in my head were just wrong, but like in that scene, they looked huge compared to a lot of other scenes. They didn't look that big. It could have been angles or something. I don't know. They it did kind of give him like an angelic, uh, angelic look when he was bringing this terrorist down from the sky. Uh, so that was interesting. But 
yeah it was cool that was I, overall like the just the way that scene was framed i i did really like that mm-hmm. i think the wings are larger than his falcon suit wings. probably at least they they feel larger maybe it's just the coloring um but they definitely feel longer yeah um chad also pointed out that it does that it fixes the origin of the wings because or in the comic books his wings are from wakanda from the beginning and the falcon wings are not from wakanda um and these are so it does kind of resolve that too so definitely it feels like the m the mcu is kind of shifting certain things to better align with the comics i don't know if that's intentional or convenient i don't know which but there you have it so uh all right so lots, lots to, to go through in this one. So we learn what the main plot is that Carly's group, you know, the, the flag smashers, what they're trying to do, right? So it, it looks like they're trying to gas this whole international uh, politics, the GRC group, and it's a diversion, right? What did you guys think of that plan? Did you think that was, that was good, bad? What did you think? I don't want to color your opinion. Crickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I've been talking a lot, so I want to give other people opportunity to talk. Other people and me. Uh, no, I. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because we always shut you down all the time, constantly. So I wanted to give you time to talk. Oh, I believe it or not, I just don't have that much to say. <laughs> well, this is going to be a good podcast. Okay. Then. All right. Is uh, there a part of the episode you do have something to say about? I, I don't know. Like, I. <laughs> That's really weird. Okay, it is. We have done this 249 times now, uh, but it's all good. We'll we'll just keep rolling, and you jump in. You jump in when you're ready. Um, I thought it was interesting. I liked that it was a misdirect um, because, you know, it's it was kind of a very cliched attack, right? You trap everybody in a room, you gas everybody, and it just it felt very played out, very done before. And the fact that that wasn't the plan, that that was just the ruse, uh, was nice. I also liked how uh, Carly was distracting Bucky on the phone. Now, I feel like Bucky should not have fallen for such a simple thing, but I did like that she was still this late in the game, still trying to play head games, you know, to keep stretching things out. The the whole thing felt a little too much like the Capitol riot for me. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a little close to home, and the fact that they were—I don't want to say glamorizing it, but they were. There were some weird things that were like that didn't sit quite right with me with that whole thing. Um, I'm surprised Disney. I guess they, that was one thing they just couldn't change up because it was too crucial to the plot of the show. Um, but I'm it sure was also somebody. Too late. I mean yeah, that too. I mean, it, it, I'm sure somebody was like, "This seems a little." weird guys with what's actually happened in the world in the past few months um but at that point yeah what are you going to do about it so yeah that that was a little weird for me but uh yeah it was nice that that wasn't the entirety of the plan and it was Mm -hmm. more just a distraction yeah the so the fight scene though so sam's got kind of his one-on-one fight scene with the dude from earlier in the the season yeah thank Mm -hmm. you um i didn't love that fight that was probably my least favorite part of the episode. I felt like it took Sam way too long and he spent way too much time on this one dude when everything else is like happening around him. It's kind of understandable though. I mean, when you watch, this is the same guy from uh, winter soldier and even cap, I mean, had some trouble fighting him and caps a super soldier and had way more combat training than Sam has. 
uh, in theory. I, I don't know. I guess we don't have an exact amount for either of them, but Cap has been alive a lot longer, and uh, you assume that a lot of his downtime was was combat training um, once he had the serum. So, yeah, that was it took a long time, but he's also just, you know, Sam. I guess I, I didn't mean that Sam should have beaten him faster because Sam doesn't really beat him. Sam just leaves. And I think that was the right decision. I just think he should have done it a lot earlier. Does that, does that make I mean, sense? Sure. Like, it didn't really bother me that much. Okay. Uh, if anything, like just the whole motivations with Matrock and the, and the power broker and all that bothered me way more than that fight scene did. <laughs> oh, we'll get to the power broker. <laughs> uh, so, right. So you know, they, they get everybody into these trucks. They load everybody in these trucks with these little spider lock things, which like I'm a I'm a sci-fi techie and I love I love sci-fi technology but those little spider things like when movies use stuff like that it just makes me kind of roll my eyes a bit but uh, kind of gave me some Oscorp vibes. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah. And I th- I have a feeling that that maybe the power broker at the end the little stinger might have been speaking to Oscorp or something like that. I don't know. I think that this uh there could have been some some hints there. Maybe I'm reading too much into it but that's a good point, though. It certainly uh, makes it uh, also, better. Sharon's little bomb that she throws looks a lot like uh, the bombs that a certain Spider-Man villain throws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, which which one's that? Green Goblin, <laughs> obviously, or Hobgoblin. I guess throws similar bombs as well, but yeah. Or the new Goblin from Spider-Man Three. Right. All let's right. focus on let's focus on Winter Soldier and Falcon, <laughs> please. We're not going um, to Spider-Man Three. So Sharon Carter is actually the power broker, Mephisto, and the Green Goblin. <laughs> if she's Mephisto, does that make you feel better about things, Ryan? No. <laughs> I just want to say that I was right, and I can't believe I was right. And the entire internet was right. They could... They did such a shitty job hiding that, and they made it so obvious that it was her. Anybody who didn't like, like, it was so obvious that I was betting against it because I was like, why would they do this obvious like thing? Because it was so they made it so clear that that's what it was. Not to diminish your accomplishment, no, but it's like, fine. Just rewrite ev- the history of the show. It's fine. Everybody on the internet pretty much figured that out already. Like after she was first introduced, it's like, oh, she's the power broker. Why does so, it bother you so much that she's the power broker? Because she's because, a woman. No. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Rachel has three lines the entire podcast, and one of them is to make me sound like a misogynist. No, <laughs> it bothers me because it's completely out of character for her. She's been gone from the snap for, or been gone for five years or whatever, and now she comes back and she's the power broker in like mm-hmm. six months. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It just didn't, everything that she was doing in the show felt really weird and not like, I don't know. It didn't, it felt like several different characters. Like, what's, why, why was, she, there was no closure for why she was trying to kill Sam. Right? Like, she set up the whole thing at the beginning that Sam's first mission, right? And then she gave Batrock the information or the like uh, guns and equipment to go uh, kill Sam again and set that whole thing up. Why is she trying to kill Sam? Why did she make her life harder by working with Sam when they were going to go find the guy that makes the super soldier serum? You know, all that did was make her, her life harder. 
Like, there's just so many things. They don't make any sense. That's my <laughs> problem with it. Like, she's a fine actress. The character, I love, everybody knows that <laughs> the original Agent Carter was one of my favorite characters in the MCU, and I loved her show. And, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, Aunt Peggy would not be happy <laughs> with what's happening. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, chat is saying that Sharon's a scroll. She could be. Yeah, I've, I've I've seen that theory out there, and that would make me feel a little bit better for sure. So, but we'll see. If that pays off in Secret Invasion, then that's fine. Yeah, it does make it better, right? Because then inconsistency is because they're just trying to screw his stuff. Sure. Right. But then it also is like, does that completely undermine her role in the show? <laughs> if she, if like, oh, she was asleep the whole time, you know, like that kind of thing. I don't know. It's it's weird. Well, the whole scroll concept definitely causes issues like that. There's a lot of people that you know are saying that Nick Fury's been dead since the Winter Soldier. You know, and that, that changes. He was replaced in the underground hospital. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, and if anything, that actually almost makes. Cause that was really my only complaint on the winter soldier was the, the Nick Fury subplot. And that makes that better for me because then there's at least a reason for all of it um, instead of just a sad fake out. But you know, there you go. That would be See, my, my thought. That's, that's going to be the whole problem with secret invasion. Cause some things that we've thought were true this whole time, we're going to get turned on its edge and we can't really focus on that now. Without... Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, we, yeah, exactly. Like she's a, if she's a scroll, wonderful, but like, we can't just, you know, we have to judge the show on its own merits Yeah. and they take the problems for the show on its own merits and not just be like, well, she's a scroll. So it's all okay. And you know. here's the thing, Sharon Carter has no merits <laughs> and has been one of the worst additions to the Cap storyline since she was introduced. Damn. They have no idea what they're doing with her and every step seems worse than the last one. So just kill her already. Kill her, kill her. I You're mean, she's already slept with her uncle right so <laughs> that's the only time we're gonna see me react like that to sex with chris evans so after after the uh shang chi trailer dropped uh there was a scene that took place in madripoor and there was a theory coming out that maybe the mandarin was the power broker mm -hmm. um and i would have i feel like i would have liked that, that a lot more but to be fair i would have liked almost anything more than sharon carter being the power broker so I don't know, but I'm a little disappointed with how that played out. And to be fair, she never says she's the power broker. Somebody else calls her the power broker and she, just she doesn't, doesn't, deny doesn't it. respond. Yeah. So, or doesn't. Yeah. So maybe that whole thing was a, I don't know. It, it's, it is equally plausible that while she was saying the power broker was a he, that she was lying because it was her. That's just as likely as her lying now when someone says she's the power broker and her just going along with it. Those are equally likely. Right. Right. And that's fine. Um, and I did have this complaint. So towards the end of the episode, right. When, you know, Sharon gets shot right in the gut and, you know, they have the whole standoff and everything. And then she kills Carly and Carly's like the super soldier and she goes down and Shannon's uh, Sharon somehow just, she's fine. She just walks it off. Well, 
why is that a problem? I mean, Sharon was a trained operative by S.H.I.E.L.D., so of course she's going to be able to make a kill shot easier than Carly, who's just this random person with a super soldier serum. And super soldier serum, Cap was not bulletproof. No so super no, no, soldier on the show has ever been bulletproof. Not saying she should have been bulletproof. I'm just saying that she died real quick. Yeah, she got shot in the heart by someone who was a trained agent with shield. I mean, I don't really have any problem with that. It didn't look like a heart shot for me. But... Uh, she oh. got shot someplace. Shot heart isn't the only place that'll kill you. I mean, I'm just saying. She was double shot versus you know double tapped versus uh carter who was not that's true that's true she just died really fast carter is a much better shot than carly is she's had a lot more training yeah with guns like just flat out yeah also it is very likely based on what carter was doing in the episode where they go and find the uh scientists that she has something a little funky in her system now too i'd be disappointed if they made her a super soldier but whatever i'd rather her be a scroll than a super soldier at this point it seems very weird that like it it seems like everybody's a super soldier yeah everybody but sam (laughs) everybody but sam he doesn't want it and i think that's like just the best yeah, and then the Wakandans designed him a suit to compensate for the fact that he isn't a super soldier. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that, uh, you know, when he's punching people and he uses the rockets to give him super soldier-like strength uh, behind cool. the punch, that's cool, right? Or like yeah. when he's able to lift that uh, van or whatever it was um, because of the rockets and then using his little red wing boosters, uh, that was cool. He was able to do something that ca- that uh, Steve Rogers wouldn't have been able to do. I mean, he he had the str- Steve had the strength to do it, but he he can't fly, so he wouldn't right. have been able to get in front of it and push that thing up. So, um, yeah, I like that they're like they're making him a different cap. It's not the same cap, you know, and th- they're giving him ways to still be superhuman performance without actually being a superhuman, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, those are some really good points. So Walker shows back up with his new shield that doesn't last very long. <laughs> yeah, that gets crumpled in like two seconds. That was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that made me feel so good because I was like, where's he going to get some fucking vibranium? And he didn't. <laughs> yeah, is he making he this out not. of like, like aluminum or like stainless steel or like what was this made out of? doesn't matter. It gets crushed in like five seconds. I assumed it was steel, but yeah. I mean, we don't, it got it got destroyed faster than I thought it was going to. Yeah, to it lasted one throw. It was really quick. Uh, I did like though how like it doesn't um, it doesn't bounce off the way the vibranium shield does. I thought it that doesn't was a sound really... like the vibranium shield when it hits yep. either. I thought those were really nice notes because like we the shield's been in the MCU a long time now, so like you're used to it acting as and sounding a certain way, and it's just a dud, right? It just felt like a knockoff the whole time. I like that a lot yeah what did you what did you think of walker in this though because his story kind of goes a different route than i anticipated well i mean we've been saying that he's going to be a part of the thunderbolts and get a new well, suit for like the entire show not not that part him yeah but i mean like what his character does throughout the bulk of the episode and how he wraps things up at the end with bucky is definitely not how i would have guessed well, I mean, if you've read the comics or have any familiarity with the comics, then you know that he's kind of an anti-hero. He, you don't, you're not supposed to like him, but sometimes he does do the right thing, uh, you know, 
a lot of anti-heroes are that way gray gray area characters you know they're kind of pieces of shit most of the time but then I, you know they'll help the heroes if it fits their agenda mm-hmm. and i think in this case it fit his agenda and you know it worked out um i'm glad that they they didn't really redeem him of course but i i'm glad that they uh kind of gave him a, a more positive note to leave on and so he wasn't just like mustache twirling villain mm-hmm. uh, at the end so and i like the new black suit it's pretty cool it has white on it too which is interesting because we had commented on the costume design pieces from his other suit so the suit also fit him a lot better too yeah goes back this was to designed conversations. To. right exactly yeah uh, so it just looked better anyway uh, ray what did you think a bucky suit or a walker suit of, of just walker Sorry. walker's walker's character in the episode and the stuff that like his arc walker's character on you know the other hand of sharon's gets better every episode every time i see him and it's because he uh he is just so complicated and so complex and they put a lot of layers in this guy uh having the dichotomy of him wanting to kill carly and then saving the people saving the senators and fellow uh politicians on the truck is just it's so incredible this guy is absolute gray and he can be pushed and manipulated when he thinks he's doing the correct thing like everything's so revolved around his ego that he doesn't even realize how easy it is to manipulate him it's true it's pretty incredible because we haven't seen a marvel villain like this that's developed to this degree you know we have seen megalomaniacs before but unfortunately they're all like aldrich killian who have a freak out and then you know die really fast whereas this guy is pushed to his limits then brought back down then pushed again and it's it's gonna be really cool watching him in whatever the next project is whether that is you know a cap four or whatever show he appears in next are you guys still on team thunderbolts i theory i or dark avengers I don't think that they're going to get their own stuff yet. I think they're going to be introduced. Like maybe that's what Cap Four is about. Yeah, I'm still on the of the opinion that I think it's going to be she's she's going to be like a Nick Fury type role mm-hmm. for like the villains, right? Maybe she'll go get Agatha Harkness, um, and they already have Zemo and uh, um, Walker at this point. So yeah, I think she's going to show up in each of these shows. She probably might recruit Loki um you know ghost is a possibility and ghost is a good one yeah i think i bring up ghost uh whenever we talk about thunderbolts or um dark avengers for a couple different reasons one so far she's like the only female up until agatha harkness that uh was still alive you know the only other two female villains were hella and maya hansen and both of those are assumed dead at the end and dead as they get in comic books yeah Uh, (laughs) um so 
there's that but also you know her character had a continuation at the end that they didn't touch on so i didn't think in ant-man and the wasp she was very interesting herself because there was so much other stuff going on but i thought she had the potential to be interesting so maybe they will continue with her or maybe they won't yeah i guess we'll see I, I definitely don't see them going with Dark Avengers because Thunderbolts is just a much better marketing term yeah. for, for the movies and the shows. You know, Dark Avengers is a little too comic booky, right? Who's going to go around actually calling themselves that? Nobody, right? But Thunderbolts, that's a pretty cool name, actually. And, you know, mm-hmm. having a, a series or a movie called, you know, the, you know, called Thunderbolts is great. And I can already picture what that font might even look like. So if they get a name at all, it won't be Dark Avengers. (laughs) Right. Oh, I completely agree. That's the issue with Young Avengers, New Avengers, Secret Avengers. There's too many different teams. And uh, when you get to trademark- Great Lakes Avengers. And yeah. They only fight up there Okay. (laughs) It's true. But when you get to all that- uh, it's difficult to market it. You mm-hmm. know, it's difficult for even the uh, most dedicated fans to keep things separated. So I don't think that, I think we're going to get different names for these people. They'll either come up with them on their own or they'll pull from the comics. But Thunderbolts is definitely more marketable. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Very, very fair. Uh, you know, there were a couple other moments in, in Walker's kind of big confrontation. That, uh, you know, Carly points out that like Battlestar didn't matter, you know, to, to her at all. You know, his, his death was was meaningless and, and all these other things. And- I audibly like said, oh, shit, I think like when she said those words, I was like, oh, you're going to get it, motherfucker. <laughs> like- right. Like there just comes a point where you're just saying the wrong thing on purpose, right? Like she's seemed pretty smart throughout the season. Why does she think that's a, that's the right thing to say in that moment? I feel like Carly is the opposite of John Walker and her character gets just worse every episode because she seems less intelligent than she did the episode beforehand and maybe that's poor writing for her or maybe that's just her mentality going nuts because it really does feel like she is the rat in the maze trying to get the cheese but keeps getting electrocuted like she keeps getting pushed up against all of these walls and she has to find her way to push through or dig herself out and each way is more desperate than the last. So she's making uninformed, rash, violent decisions that go against what she actually stands for. So some of that could have been the cut stuff that we talked about too, the, 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 uh, that plot line that was clearly cut out. So they had to like repurpose things to make this one plot line work. So it's, I'm not trying to justify anything, but, but maybe they had to make her look a little weird by, you know, splicing things together. Uh, Who knows? I mean, we'll never know the true story. Overall, you know, COVID didn't do as much damage to the show as I initially thought it was going to. Um, I, I think, you know, they, they had to do justice to 
Falcon and to Winter Soldier and everybody else kind of takes a back seat and you know Carly's story no matter what was going to end with her dying she was never going to stop so either this show or something else she was going to die that was pretty obvious uh, from a storytelling point of view but it was just a matter of when and I guess how and who like who was going to put her down yeah I, I think that's fair it is just it is kind of a shame because it's yet another Marvel villain that that they've killed off. You know, they killed off two in this episode. Um, and it's just it's a problem that the MCU has had for a really long time because you just you can't bring these. People she didn't back really anymore. get she didn't really get enough development to really make me care that she's dead anyway. Uh, I mean, also fair in, in the comics, Flag Smasher is a singular individual. Right. Uh, in this, it's a group. So the group could continue on and be sure. something more just because she's dead doesn't doesn't stop. There could be other super soldiers out there. I mean, I didn't go through and do the math of the, you know, how many were killed versus how many serums were taken. I'm sure there's probably a couple at least that are unaccounted for. Um, but that would be interesting to find out. But I mean, the flag smashers can live on without her and maybe they'll have somebody that that they can make a little more sympathetic she was a little sympathetic in the beginning but got less and less so throughout the series oh yeah i mean for me it kind of ended when she threatened sarah and the kids i was like all right well that's that because like until then i didn't agree with her methods but i understood you know why she was was trying to do yeah i understood it and the the general message of what happened during the blip i is huge and there's there's a lot to that there's a lot to unpack that in itself could be an entire series just that concept and you know then she starts threatening civilians and children and i'm like all right well you lost me at that point you know um (laughs) so now, uh, chat is talking about Bucky's amends, and I really do want to talk about that as well. So I say we take a short break, and when we come back, we talk a bit about Bucky's story in the finale. We'll be right back, everybody. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're back. We're back. Let's talk Bucky. So Bucky is great in this episode. I like I like this character more like every time I see him on this show. I really do. I was not that into the character prior. It's nothing against Sebastian Stan. I like him a lot as a person, but I feel like this show cemented the character of Bucky for me as a character I can actually like like and get into. Um what'd you guys think of him throughout this episode or, or the season? 
Oh, it, he was wonderful in this. Like, I am with you 100% on that. I did not understand the Bucky hype before this. And this gives me a reason to get on that train. I, I think it's absolutely wonderful what they've done and who he is. And the slow progression and characterization they gave for him was great with one exception. And that is the tough moment they had been building up to this entire series where he tells the uh, old man that he was the one who murdered his son. And that, I didn't feel like that was given enough weight because of how important it was and I do appreciate the scene right after where he looks at him and like the, the old man's finally like happy and smiling and that's nice, but it, it just, it didn't feel as heavy as it should have been. And I don't know what should have been cut because honestly, I absolutely adored Captain America's speech at the end at first I was like this is a little long it's a little sanctimonious and I was like no this is what comics are how many Captain America comics have you read Ray that have like two or three pages of a great speech from Cap like this is this is what the comics are and you got to remember that too. So I, I love that. And I loved his closure with Isaiah Bradley at the museum, but I also felt that Bucky needed his closure. So. Well, to to that point real quick, Mm -hmm. they didn't have to set to a specific time because this wasn't on cable. So you're right. I don't think they should have cut any of the stuff that you just mentioned. That doesn't mean they couldn't have included a longer exchange with Bucky and the older man. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Did was anybody happy with that chat? Or no. okay. No, I also wasn't happy with Sam's thing, but I'll we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll oh, get we'll get to that. I figured I, I figured we'd finish with Sam. But um yeah, Bucky was wonderful throughout the series. The series, you know, we we talked about him in Wakanda with the like you're now free thing was great. Um, you know, seeing him smile and the friendship between him and Sam develop uh, into something, you know, where they were really close. All that was great right up until this episode. That was so disappointing. I mean, they didn't need to add a lot to it. They just needed to let it breathe. Just let it breathe. Like give it a second for the characters to let it sink in and just give us a little more. Like it was so fast. It was like one cut and then it like went by some burning incense and that was the end of the scene. And it, it was that was the probably the biggest disappointment of the whole season for well, me was the fact that, that we didn't get to see the man's immediate reaction i think takes all of the heaviness out of it and maybe it's because something like that was just going to be way too hard maybe i don't know but things are hard like that's things okay. are hard you know that the life is hard and they haven't strayed away from you know racism is hard you know, de- dealing with racism and dealing with PTSD and trauma, and they were they were dealing with that. But this one moment was too hard for them to deal with. I mean, that yeah. I, it, that that's come on. I, I, Especially I mean, when you have Isaiah scene not not in this episode, but the previous episode between. Yeah, him and that's Sam. such a, like, that's equally as tough of a scene. You know. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
I, I don't think there's really any excuse for it, especially at this point in the MCU. Like, yeah, in Iron Man, doing something like that was probably something out of their wheelhouse. But come on, at, at this particular point, you can hire anybody in the world to help you write that scene. Right. If that's what the problem is. You know, and I I don't believe that the actors couldn't pull it off. I just don't believe that. I've seen difficult scenes in movies with a very wide range of talent and giving us something would have been good yeah or yeah like it just just a few more seconds of just like letting the scene develop a little bit you know anything and the just that sudden cut was i was like was that it i I was i was so disappointed i kept expecting it to come back you know until obviously you know at the end but like yeah because they they tease this not teases feels inappropriate for the the tone but they they've been alluding to this the entire season Right. It's been like literally the thing hanging over Bucky's head. He's had nightmares about it. It's the one name on his list. It's the one thing that isn't, you know, retribution or avenging. It's the one real thing that he needs to do. And it's completely ignored, glossed over 100%. I almost would have rather of them just forgotten about it. Yeah. Yeah, because the disappointment was worse than just nothing. Well, because at least if it was nothing, you know, I would have been like, oh, man, they must have had to cut it for time or and then I probably would have you know, explained that away. But having seen that they were intending to do it mm-hmm. and that's what they gave us. Yeah, like rough. you couldn't give us 15 more seconds, 30 more seconds, a minute like you can't squeeze that time out of your six hour show. Come on. Yeah. And this episode was shorter than the previous episode. So it's like, you know, there was yeah, there's no reason for it. When your show's on cable, I understand that you have a lot of restrictions with time. I totally get that. That's why shows even have multiple lengths of their intros to adjust for that. They don't have that excuse here. Right. And they don't have it like a mo- even movies have it because theaters want you to stay under certain times. They can do anything they want. It's their streaming service, you know? And so I just, it's, it was unfortunate. That was disappointing. All the yeah. other stuff with Bucky though was great. Yeah, the, the the cookout at the end and the kids hanging off of his arm and I liked yeah. the little thing with the cop when he walked by the cop. He's like Sergeant Barnes, and it shows because that kind of shows that there's more. There's people that actually like, despite the, the what the image of him is out in the world, he's you know still pretty well respected. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. there's some really good moments, um, and I even liked some of the the stuff between with him and Walker. You know, because clearly it was almost and it, it seems a little unfair because Walker's obviously not a good guy in this or anything. But the relationship between Bucky and Walker in this episode felt a lot like how Bucky and Sam's relationship was when we first see them at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Or even in Civil War. Or Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it kind of shows you what could be, you know, what uh, Bucky and Sam became fast friends and walker and bucky could be but they're not going to be <laughs> right right um now i don't like i mean come on like, right B- bucky and sarah sam's sister like there's there's something there right he's just flirting yeah he's <laughs> he's starting to feel free because remember that was that whole thing was just a throwback to the fact that he couldn't flirt in the beginning of the show all right and he had lost all of his mojo because you yeah. go all the way back to captain america he gets both women yeah he was <laughs> like, a player so <laughs> everything was trying to show just how much the winter soldier like sucked out of him that he can't even like 
smile at a woman anymore right and you I, had to have the old guy do it for him uh-huh. you know? and now like it's all playful it's all fun he's doing it with his best friend sister and mm-hmm. she's making just to mess guys. with his friend basically you know <laughs> yeah well because he i mean he hated himself right and like we talked about this earlier like you know he's sleeping on the couch at sarah's place not on the floor anymore and like we get really get to see him grow and that's what like what i love about having these things as series and not being 27 episode seasons either like just having these night nice tight you know six to eight hour seasons are just really great great for character development absolutely all right so anything else on bucky anything i'm forgetting on bucky Mm-mm. no i think we covered it all right, so Sam, let, we talked about the suit a bit. We've talked about him kind of peppered in between. Uh, I want to make sure we get some time to focus on focus on him a bit. Uh, going back to the speech, you know, I I love the speech. I thought it was great. I wish we we talk to politicians like that more often because there's this sense in this country that we all have to have this fake politeness when talking to anybody who has any sense of, of authority or anything like that. When in reality, they don't, they're being, they're being assholes and we should just be able to say that when they are. And the fact that Sam is out there in front of the world, speaking to these people, like, like he knows better because he does. You know he's seen more he's experienced more he he's he gets it and they just don't want to and i really liked that um the chat- problem is that's oh, oh sorry i'm not looking at chat so i don't know when like they're they're talking but um the problem is that today's politicians believe they run the country and they use their power they use their money to do that and in all honesty they are civil servants they are supposed to be working for us we are their bosses not the other way around and you know this monologue was well delivered well intentioned and it kind of puts that mirror back in front of them like you you can do all this stuff and you do all this stuff but you have no idea who it actually affects because you get to go home and go to sleep and your civil liberties aren't changed. Yeah, I think that's good. And chat pointed out that there's kind of a bit of symmetry between this speech of Sam's and uh, Cap's speech in the Winter Soldier. Now, it's been a while since I've seen that, so I'm drawing a bit of a blank. Do either of you recall that speech? Well, he makes a few speeches, but like, which... Okay which one like they didn't specify so i just wanted to point it out because i'm not recalling that so no big deal no big deal well i'm gonna go on the opposite end of the two of you 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 can hate me you can hate me for it if you want no no no. look i i love the what they were trying to do with that speech right And and i understand the parallels and i understand these things but like Sam saying, this woman's not a terrorist. She literally blew up buildings full of innocent people and killed innocent people. Like she's the, literally the definition of terrorist. Well, it would apply to everything she did. She is a terrorist. So Sam, I understand what you're trying to say, but I just don't think it really got there for me because she is a terrorist and her group are terrorists. They've killed a lot of innocent people and inspired terror. Like they were trying to inspire terror into people. So they succeeded. And, and they are terrorists. So I, I agree with you. I think the the point was that she didn't have to be 
a terrorist because she was she was put the idea is that people like these senators are pushing people into these decisions i understand these things that you're saying like like i said i understand where they were trying to go with the speech i just don't think that it was executed as well as i would have liked it the other part of it that i didn't love was uh you know he he told them they need to do better right we we all think that politicians need to do better everything you guys said about that is true and i agree but like you know if you're going to tell them to do better and they're going to ask you how to do better and you have nothing to give them you know like they're just people too and granted maybe in real life they're just people with more money and they're probably evil and things like that and even in this universe they're probably evil but you you need to like have something just saying do better and giving them no way to do better is that that doesn't really solve anything you know what i mean i mean obviously having an alternative would be better than not having one but i also think that because this happens in the real world I've, I've i've actually seen this happen in real life on on the news where it's it's also kind of unreasonable for a government with essentially unlimited resources to cl- ask an everyday citizen for the ideas that the billions of dollars should have come up with you know what i mean i agree but so, I mean, in, in the scene he he's the one there he, he i know force them like he's he's choosing to make the speech they're not saying you need to make the speech you know what i mean like all this is choice by him so if you're going to bring this up then have something and i but i agree you know the government and, and they end up like recalling the vote or not doing the vote and so his speech made an impact right so maybe they used those billions of dollars and used their resources uh you know to come up with something so you know in the end it it accomplished what he wanted to do i just didn't think the way that the speech was written was i don't know it, it, it seemed a little weird to me as all that's the fair. way, I mean, the way they, it was done there have been better better speeches you know um but the mcu's never really tried to do this before so for a first attempt i thought it was pretty good yeah like i said i love what they that they tried to do something there i just don't necessarily think it was executed the way I, I you know everything in the mcu well, not everything a lot of the things in the mcu are done really really well and they you know even through this series the way they handled racism and the way they handled ptsd and the way they handled a lot of things um in the end i'm really happy with with how they handled it and i think they did especially considering it's disney um mm-hmm. you know that i think they handled it really well i just didn't think that that was quite the bow on top that i wanted it to be unfortunately I, actually if i kind of felt like that throughout this whole uh final episode unfortunately not nothing really wrapped up the way i wanted it to personally and that's more of a problem with me i guess than anything else but um yeah i felt a little disappointed by by the way everything kind of wrapped up on this one except cap is captain america I, or sam is captain america i think that's great i'm glad they finally gave us a, a good like we got steve rogers how he earned the cap role and so now we get sam and how he earned the cap role mm-hmm. and i like that so i think that they had that that was handled well but basically everything else for me was a little disappointing it is it is nice that like it wasn't really handed to either of them you know they both had to go through something to to get that mantle in in the real way which which was nice i do like that i and the title card at the end you know where they they change the name and it's captain america and the winter soldier and i mean that that's nice why are they still calling bucky the winter soldier at this point i assume it's the same reason that you call an alcoholic or like an alcoholic so refers to themselves as an alcoholic even if they're in recovery and sober for 
20 years because if you forget where you came from at least this is the way i took it i could be way off base if you forget you know that then you stand the chance of becoming that again does that make sense like it's a very have, interesting perspective you have to like keep that in the front of your mind i don't love that i would have rather have been captain america in the white wolf but i understand i may like i said maybe i'm reading too much into it but that's the way i took it that he doesn't necessarily want to shed that title because he needs it's a part of him and he needs to be aware of that part of him and not just forget about it. It's interesting. Ray, any thoughts on that? I, I don't think white wolf suits him anymore, especially since Aotay told him to stay out of Wakanda for a while. And I don't think the winter soldier suits him. I think Bucky deserves a new call sign. I think it should be something that comes from him because all these other names are things that people have given to him. Um, so I, I think that at this point, his character's been through so much, he should be like, no, this is who I am. Like, Bucky deserves that moment at this point. So, yeah. you know, if the show gets a season two, which they've talked about, and of course we know there's a cap four, and I assume Bucky's going to be a part of it, then go outside the comics on this one and give him his his new identity something that better suits who he is now i'd definitely be okay with that yeah it did feel weird still calling him the winter soldier despite all the progression mm -hmm. that he's made and yeah you're right white wolf doesn't really suit him either it's a tough spot to be in but it is weird mm -hmm. that they ended well but how are they how are they going to end it you know what i mean they can't just give him a new name like right sure so i think tough. it makes sense that that's how they ended it but i think going forward he needs something different right i mean what they one thing they could have done that i i personally think gets the same effect of giving sam the captain america name is instead of having a title card they could have said captain america and bucky will return you know, like we've seen at the end of, of a lot of movies. I think they could have done that and it had the same effect. That's likely. Yeah. He could go by his true name, which is Mephisto. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> All the way back. We should have like a little jingle that plays on the recorded version uh, every time one it of us Mephisto says something. Yeah. Yeah. Something that says like Mephisto. <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll see what i can do for future episodes we'll put tech support on that yeah, yeah but this will give people incentive to join us live for when the queue for mephisto is and then listen to it for our <laughs> mephisto jingle that's right <laughs> oh man uh see the jokes on us mephisto's never going to show up in the mc yet. ever that's gonna be no. nope there was a there was a devil in the stained glass in the loki trailer so i'm pretty sure that, <laughs> that no nah, that's loki. ralph that's just ralph Ralph Boner. Yeah. Ralph All that for Boner. a Boner joke. Oh, God. Did you, I saw a interview today with Evan Peters. He had no idea that his character's name was Ralph Boner until the season finale's uh, <laughs> script came out. And he was like, this is amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. He wasn't disappointed? No, no. He loved it. He knew he wasn't going to be playing, like, actual Quicksilver oh. or uh, Mephisto or anything like that. He he knew his character was, like, a red herring. Gotcha. I just don't think I ever would have found that joke funny. So that, I'm not the right person for that role. I think they picked the right guy. You know, I know I was a close second, but... Right. Yeah. Wait, 
what do you mean you never thought you don't think that you would have been the right one to i don't think the ralph boner joke is funny i don't think it's you don't think just like him turning around and giggling at boner is just like a silly joke like Oh, I think it's a silly joke. I don't think it's a funny joke. Those are two different things. Oh, <laughs> it is wow. definitely silly. It's definitely silly. We're really wow. splitting hairs here. Fine. Um, all right. So uh, we got what else we got here? We have the the, the Isaiah scene. So uh, Sam goes to see Isaiah again, right? And brings him to the museum where there is a new exhibit that um, focuses on Isaiah and his contributions. That was pretty cool. That was, uh, yeah, like the equivalent of what the scene Bucky should have gotten was, right? That was a moving scene um, that was very important in the context of our real reality and, you know, in MCU, that he's never going to be forgotten now. Um, and his sacrifice is never going to be forgotten. So, yeah, I mean, that was a great scene. It just disappoints me more because the equivalent, Bucky didn't get the equivalent scene, um, you know. It shows me that they could do it right yeah, exactly. because the emotion is really powerful in that scene and it, you know um uh, carl lumbly lumbly is awesome like he just really brings a lot of passion to that through role. the whole season he was great yeah mm -hmm. and it just it was a great end cap to that to that story and yeah i think it just it shows that they could have handled it with bucky you know the writers could have handled it the direction could have handled it right um and but I thought it was good. I was glad to see a resolution to that because the whole time, you know, Isaiah's talking about how they're not going to let there be a black Captain America and, you know, really giving Sam a hard time about uh, his optimism and all these other things. And um, even still kind of giving him jabs after the speech, you know, when he's legit in the suit and everything. Uh, and it just, it ended on a really emotional, nice note. Agreed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that scene what else is there anything else from the episode the season anything about these characters that you want to make sure we touch on before we wrap up no i want sharon carter to be wrapped up like <laughs> in a you know. rug yeah exactly thrown in the hudson and be done with that and then the mandarin's <laughs> gonna be like oh i see a power broker opening let me take that Man, because like, you know, they have the post credit scene and everything where she's pardoned and she you know, does the phone call that you talked about. And like, I mean, that means they have to have plans for her, right? Yeah, yeah it's setting up armor wars. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I want to think that she's talking to Oscorp, but I think it's definitely a setup for, for armor wars. Yeah, it I guess I wasn't thinking about that. Sounds so dumb. Like, <laughs> I just want anything else to happen she's like i'm gonna screw up every single marvel tv show from now on and she's just gonna show up in all these shows and be consistently the worst part of them maybe she won't be in she hulk or maybe she will be maybe she'll be <laughs> she hulk it'll be like a secret how dare you know, you. evil evil she hulk evil she hulk yeah, yeah. evil power broker <laughs> she hulk and then she's still alive at the end of the season so she can go ruin some more stuff Ugh. It's there, disappointing too because she could have like the actress is great, uh, you know. Just I don't know, she could have been better, and it's disappointing when it's just crap, 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 crap. There was one throwaway line in the episode that I think is at least worth touching on. Uh, so Steve Rogers is on the moon. Did you guys catch that line? 
yeah, they said it the, earlier in the series. Did they? I must have missed it earlier. Yeah, the, the uh, right in the first episode, the guy that was with Sam was like, "Is it true that Steve or that Captain uh, America's on the moon?" Right. I forgot about it was that. Just a reference to that. Yeah. Okay. I forgot about that. I thought it was funny. Okay. I thought it was silly. Yeah. Well, then you didn't. Laugh. I didn't I'm sorry. care either way. I thought Ralph Boner was better. You would. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, I think you know. Um, all right. So I think that's it then for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, for Captain America and the Winter Soldier, for Sam and Bucky season one. Yeah. All right. So then next week, like I said earlier, it is 250 episodes in the making. We are starting the MCU Revisited segment, a new monthly segment we're doing, kicking things off with Iron Man. So go rewatch Iron Man with us and talk about it next week with us. Thank you to everybody who joined us in chat. We really appreciate it. You can join us every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on the Screen Heroes Podcast Facebook page and our Screen Heroes Podcast Forum group on Facebook and chat with us live during the show. We would really appreciate that. When you say stuff that's relevant, it comes up. So we appreciate all of that. You can find us at screen-heroes.com for all of our social media links. The show is available on pretty much every podcast app you can think of. If it's not on yours, let me know. We'll figure something out. Leave us a review. If you leave, leave us a review, of our podcast we will read it on the show so apple podcast podcast addict stitchers a few other places that allow reviews so we would appreciate that it helps people find our show ray if people want to talk to you about captain in america or the winter soldier or both how can they do that uh yeah i am at siren ray on facebook instagram and twitter and ryan if people want to talk to you about why Sharon is the best power broker. How can they find Ugh. you? <laughs> Ugh, don't. Just vomited. If that's what you want to talk to me about, yeah, I don't want to talk to you. What if they want but to talk you... to you about Ghostbusters? So then there you go. You can find me at Buster Props. And I'm at the Star Trek Dude. We are the Screen Heroes Podcast. Find us at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter. Thank you, everybody. We will catch you next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.